right? And I'm like, that's okay. What ends up happening though so often is the same way that so many women do this in other areas of their lives. It's like, I made that choice. And then the next morning you're like, I'm such an idiot. Why did I do that? It was so silly of me. I really shouldn't have done that. And you like start beating yourself up for a choice that you made, right? And so you end up guilting yourself for the choice that you made instead of being like, all right, my stomach hurts or I'm bloated or like I need to spend some time in the bathroom this morning, whatever it is for people, right? Like, oh yeah, like I made that choice, right? Like I don't have to feel, I don't have to beat myself up about it. I don't have to make myself feel guilty. And so often the, the same way that we make that choice around food, we make it with anything else, right? When you're like, I'm tired and I'm not gonna finish the work that I have to do tonight. Like I'm just gonna go to bed. And then the next morning, even though you're more well rested and it feels like it was a good choice for you to go to bed early, you're like, why did I do that? So irresponsible. I should have, I should have just, you know, pushed harder last night and stayed awake. And we end up beating ourselves up in retrospect for so many of the choices that we make. You are tuning in to For Better Self and Net Worth podcast. This is a podcast where I encourage you to live the life of your dreams by adopting the right mindset, navigating through tough challenges, and respecting your bank account. I interview entrepreneurs and empire builders from across the globe as they share how they have come to live the lives of their dreams and the challenges they had to break through. I also have a few solo episodes where I talk about the lessons learned and navigating in a world full of naysayers, negative mindsets, and money grabbers. I personally believe that attitude is everything, and with the right attitude, you can get the life that you dream of. I'm so glad you're on this journey with me. If you're listening, make sure you have hit the subscribe button, and on Apple, give me some love by leaving a review. Most of all, I hope every episode you hear on here leaves you inspired and on fire to live your best life without breaking the bank. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back to For Better Self and Net Worth. Today, I am joined by Ahuba Hirschkopf. She is a registered dietitian and burnout coach. I know many of you listen multi-passionate, you're much likely going to face burnout at some point in your life or another. And a lot of what we face, what we experience has to do with diet. So I think Ahuba is the perfect guest. So Ahuba, thank you so much for being on the show. Would Thanks you like- for having me. Of course. Would you like to introduce yourself and give us your story? Sure. So I, as you said, I'm a Hoover. I am a, by training, I'm a registered dietitian. Um, I am also a mom of three under six. Uh, so, you know, had a little bit of brown. <laughs> I know I always say that and people are like, oh, okay. You are the burnout makes sense. <laughs> That's amazing. The hardest um, I've ever had. Yeah. So I, you know, was running my own nutrition practice, um, right before COVID found out that I was pregnant with my third child the week before COVID lockdowns happened. So, you know, quite the interesting time for all of us. Um, And really, you know, spent that year counseling so many of of the clients that I was uh, speaking to, most of whom, you know, being a pediatric dietitian, most of whom were talking to me about their challenges with, with picky eating and things like that with their children. And just what I was hearing again and again and again throughout that year was like parents being like, you know what? I really wish I could care about this. And like, I do. My best self, cares about this, 
but I don't even care. Like if my kid wants to go into the pantry and, you know, be able to take sugar out of the bag for dinner and I can call that fed, like I'm so burnt out that I don't even care. Like it really doesn't matter to me. Um, and it was at the same time that I was hearing that, you know, that I was hearing that from my clients that I was also had just had my third baby in a pandemic with three-year-old twins, went back to work six days after having my son so that I wouldn't lose momentum in my nutrition practice. And I always say, you know, it's a mystery how I burnt out. Like we totally can't put the puzzle pieces together at all, how that happened. Um, And so really, you know, had to take a step back and ask, like evaluate how I found myself, you know, very quickly burning out and why my clients were, were burning out so much because, you know, I'm never of the opinion that we should just give advice that is impossible for people to follow. And all of the nutrition advice that I was kind of giving was falling on deaf ears because they were just too burnt out to even hear it. And so, you know, slowly over time started really shifting into burnout coaching specifically for professional women who are like, we want to have it all. And we've checked all the boxes that we want to have, but we thought that it would make us happy. And we really just feel like we're now hustling even harder. And, you know, we want it all. We don't want to give up the professional. We don't want to give up our personal lives. And a lot of the women that I work with, that means, you know, being a mother, that's not necessarily the case for everybody. Um, But it's sort of that, you know, push and pull between who I want to be as an employee, as an entrepreneur, as a, you know, business owner versus who I want to be as a person and feeling like in order to achieve excellence, they had to, you know, choose between one or the other. And so I really now coach my clients on how to achieve excellence in both without having to give either one up. And you think whenever you manage your time better and the burnout, that actually as a dietitian can lead to better eating habits. Because I felt like, and for me, something I discovered is a lot of types of food are more, there's some emotion to it and there's some dopamine like, oh, I'm so excited that it's my birthday. Every year on my birthday, I get Krispy Kreme donuts. So I'm eating- Okay. I mean, Krispy Kreme donuts are life. They're so, so oh, they're the best. Donuts. <laughs> like Nashville has a wealth of donut places and I will not discriminate. I'll try all of them, but yeah. a warm Krispy Kreme donut is the queen of all desserts for me. <laughs> totally. totally. So yeah. Good. I think that's so, so true. Um, Or really, I think that it comes down to, and again, you know, whether like for most women, women are so conditioned to put themselves last that even when we're thinking about the ways that we can make ourselves feel good, we so often go to the lowest common denominator, right? It's like when you think like, what do I feel like I need? I need a two-day spa, like away, you know, time away, away from kids if you have them, away from a partner or you have them away from work if that's like, I need that. And so many women are like, well, obviously I can't do that because that makes me a bad partner and a bad business owner and a bad wife and a bad, you know, mother and a bad, all the things. So I'll just go with whatever is easiest for me to get. Right. And sometimes that is the food that's in our fridge. And so I'm an anti-diet dietitian. So I have no problem with people eating a wide variety of foods. Right. So like, let's just clarify that first. I love, you know, like dessert is fantastic. Alcohol, fantastic. Like bread, good to go, right? Like there's no issues with it. But what I do, you know, think is always important is to start asking those places, like, are, is that really what you want? Or are you just going for like the lowest common denominator that you think that you can get because you couldn't possibly ask for more? Yeah. Right? How, does, how does this make me feel? And sometimes it's like, how does this make me feel in the moment? Yeah. And how does this going to make me feel afterwards? You know, a good sugary dessert, it's going to make me feel good in the moment. It's going to taste great. And then afterwards I'm going to have a sugar crash. So that's yeah. something to consider. 
Or even if I were to go just eat a salad, yeah, it tastes great. I love eating my vegetables, but if it's not filling in the long run, I'm going to be going and grabbing snacks, chips and cookies later on because that salad didn't necessarily fill me up. And we went somewhere for dinner once and my husband literally, it was a function and my husband, and I happened to be gluten-free. And so the gluten-free option didn't have any carbs on the table. And we literally walked in the door and my husband was like, okay, how long are we going to need for the vent about how there was no carbs on your plate? And now you're pissed <laughs> off, even though you're not hungry. And I was like, we're going to need a while, actually. <laughs> like you should, you should park yourself. We're going to be talking about this for a while. I not bring a Rice Krispie treat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, and that is a tough one. If it's a gluten-free, I technically try to and should be eating dairy-free because I know dairy makes me feel terrible afterwards. Tastes good in the moment. And then my stomach is hating me the next day. But whenever you have to take something out of your diet, it's so hard to get all the nutrients that you need when yeah. you're at a function, when you're at dinners or something where the food is being served to you. Yeah. I think that the changes that we ever make in our, in nutrition um, really is indicative of how we make any choice ever in life. Um, and by that, I mean, you know, like I, I am gluten-free. I know that I have an allergic reaction if I eat wheat. Um, and so I don't do that. Right. And so there's a very conscious, like I am actively, the choice is always there for me to do it. Like I could in theory eat something that has that. I just, I, I know what's going to happen afterwards. Right. And I think that, you know, when we, when like, so that's an empowered choice that I'm making. And that's the way that, you know, if I was working with somebody in, in terms of like shifting into intuitive eating, there's always like, you can make the choice not to eat certain foods. And that can be a very empowered choice. You can make the choice to eat foods and you can make the certain point uh, that can be an empowered choice. Like I'm, you know, Eastern European Jewish, um, our stomachs were never meant to handle dairy. Like everyone and their mother is lactose intolerant. If you're what's called an Ashkenazi Jew, which is like anyone from Eastern Europe. Um, I sometimes like I'll eat ice cream and I'm like, I know this is going to you know hurt my stomach later, but I'm actively making that choice. Right. And I'm like, that's okay. What ends up happening though, so often is the same way that so many women do this in other areas of their lives. It's like, I made that choice. And then the next morning you're like, oh, I'm such an idiot. Why did I do that? It was so silly of me. I really shouldn't have done that. And you like start beating yourself up for a choice that you made, right? And so you end up guilting yourself for the choice that you made instead of being like, all right, my stomach hurts or I'm bloated or like I need to spend some time in the bathroom this morning, whatever it is for people, right? Like, oh yeah, like I made that choice right? Like I don't have to feel, I don't have to beat myself up about it. I don't have to make myself feel guilty. And so often the the same way that we make that choice around food, we make it with anything else, right? When you're like, I'm tired and I'm not going to finish the work that I have to do tonight. Like I'm just going to go to bed. And then the next morning, even though you're more well-rested and it feels like it was a good choice for you to go to bed early, you're like, why did I do that? So irresponsible. I should have, I should have just, you know, pushed harder last night and stayed awake and we end up beating ourselves up in retrospect for so many of the choices that we make. Absolutely. And I think that leads to burnout because, you know, I have an issue with overcommitting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to do this this weekend. And then later that night, I'm going to work on my podcast or I'm going to work on my portfolio, work on school. And, you know, it's fun because I want to be social, of yeah. course. And then I have to work to make money. I have to work the 40 hour job. 
But I feel the best if I can take just one day where I will stay home, cook myself some, some dinner, do some meal prepping for the week. Yeah. Do what feels right for me, whether I do a little bit of yoga and then, you know, movement or, you know, even sit on the couch, watch a little bit of television. I think sometimes and kind of going to what you're saying is we are women. We're taught to kind of put ourselves last. We're put, we're taught to put other people before us, which ultimately leads us to be burned out because we forget that we cannot pour from an empty glass. Yes. I think that it's the difference the way that I phrase it is it's a difference between people feeling like they're being pulled in 12 different directions, which is how so many women, you know, come to me. They're like, I just feel like I'm pulled. Like, you know, I'm like, I'm like, uh, gum, the uh, gumpy or like there, there was like that. Um, that we used to have like, yeah. the, the yeah. st- what was that? That stretchy toy. Exactly. You know, like, I'm just like, everyone is trying to like take a piece versus being someone who is called in multiple directions or who is drawn to multiple things. Right. And I think that so often we're operating from the place. Like when, when we, when you say stuck and you're like, there's nothing I can do because I'm just constantly being pulled in 12 different directions that leads us to burnout, right? It's not that we're drawn to multiple things. It's not that we want to be multi-passionate. It's not that we want to be involved in community or have kids or be in a committed relationship or have strong friendships or like whatever those things are that we feel those are places that we're drawn to. And then it's a question of, you know, how do we actually make that work within knowing like there is 24 hours in a day and there are 365 days in a year. There isn't just like endless hours to give to everything. Um, and, you know, be learning what to say yes to and learning what to say no to is a skill that most women are never taught. That setting the boundaries. That's, yeah. that became huge in my thirties is learning to set those boundaries, um, you know, like learning not to take, you know, sometimes like women will say things to each other and I'd have women say things to me and I'll just be like, Oh, you know, they're just insecure. I'm not going to let it get to me. But then at the same time, I'm, I'm like mad at myself. I was like, you know, why didn't I take it for myself in that moment? Yeah. Or, you know, why did I commit to this? If I knowing I had a million other things going on, so being able to set boundaries and also just setting some like internal boundaries with yourself. It's like, what all can you take on in a day? Totally. And I think that really it's always trial and error, right? Like, I think that's, that's the part that I think that really bothers most women, most of us who identify as perfectionists and like, you know, or type A or any of the things we like to label ourselves as they're where we want to know, like we want to have the right answer. Like how much can I take on in a day? Right? Like six activities, two activities, like what's the right number. Right. And it doesn't always work like that in that often we learn in retrospect, right? We learn, you know, you see, let's say like a baby even try and walk and it tries one way and it doesn't work. And it's like, hmm, interesting. That doesn't work. Let me try a different way. Right. The problem is that 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 is actually how most people learn. You do something wrong. You learn in retrospect. Maybe you do it wrong again. And you learn, you know, you, you recognize sooner And then you try again and you start being able to proactively and prospectively do it, you know, the way that you want to. Where we block our own learning with that is that it has, it necessitates curiosity, right? So you have to go, okay, tonight I feel like absolute garbage and I way overextended myself and I'm resentful of everyone that I helped today. 
And instead of us ever being able to be like, hmm, I'm curious about why that is. Where do I think like I, that, you know, I said yes when I really meant no. We instead go straight into condemnation, right? Like I, I call it curiosity without condemnation. I'm stupid. I'm irresponsible. I shouldn't have said yes. It's all my fault. No, those people, they shouldn't have asked me. They should have recognized it was going to be too much for me, right? Like we go into blaming ourselves or other people. And so we block that curiosity. And so without that curiosity, we kind of just keep on doing the same thing again and again and again, because we can never learn in retrospect. Um, and so, you know, I often in, like encourage my clients to do curiosity without condemnation, which is just like, yeah, if you're ending the day kind of hating everybody, why do we think that is, <laughs> right? Let's just ask the question instead of deciding that that means you're a horrible human. Let's just ask what may have contributed to that. Yeah. What could you do differently next time? What yeah. did you what did you learn from this? Yeah, exactly. Instead of like, why did this happen to me? What can I learn from this? Yeah. I love that. And then what are some ways you think that some practices we can take in being proactive in avoiding burnout? Oh my goodness. So, so many. I mean, learning how to say no yep. is the number one skill that any one. any person and any woman should learn understanding why it's so hard to say no. I mean, these are things like I teach, you know, very in depth in, in my 12 week program, but really how, like how we can say no and why saying no is the most important skill that you can have for strong boundaries and strong relationships. Right. I think that one of the biggest misconceptions that we have is that when we say no to to people, okay, they're going to get mad at us or we're going to ruin our relationships or they're going to, you know, there's, it's going to start some fight or it's bad for relationships. If we say no, when the reality is Setting healthy boundaries is the most important thing you can do for yourself, your business, if you have one, and your relationships. Um, so, you know, there's that. And really starting to understand why we do things. And so many women will say, like, I understand why I do that. I know exactly why I'm doing this. I promise you 90% of what you think that are your motivations are total blind spots to you. Right? And there are things that sometimes we make up in retrospect. Again, like we just decide them in retrospect because they almost sound good to our brain um, and our brain likes to keep us safe above all else but really we don't understand why it is that we do the things that we do and so you know when I'm working with clients like we take a really deep dive into why do you do the things you do why do you not set the boundaries you set why do you set the boundaries you set why do you say yes all the time when you mean to say no and starting to understand the whys uh, you know, behind the actions you take is, is the, like the, again, one of the most important things you can do to start preventing that burnout. Self-awareness is so important. Mm-hmm. I love that. And sometimes saying no is the best yes that you can give yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's one of the, like, that's a really great exercise. We do that a lot, you know, in client sessions is really just even saying like, okay, where are you actually saying yes right now? right? When, when people are saying no. Um, and I always say, you know, if somebody asked me to go out until four in the morning, which anyone who knows me would never do that. So it's a very hypothetical situation, but in theory, if somebody asked me and I said, yes, I'd be saying no, you know, to my kids, like no to the mother that I'm going to have to be at six 30 in the morning when my kids wake up. Right. There's a very, and we, we often focus on the yes or no we're making in the moment without thinking about, okay, what's that ramification tomorrow? How am I going to show up for my clients tomorrow? How am I going to show up for my, you know, myself tomorrow? How am I going to show up for my kids tomorrow if I'm out till four in the morning? Right. Um, and so, yeah. And so like, it's a very, once you start saying, 
oh, those are all of the no's I'm actually going to have to make if I make this one yes, it becomes very clear how to make that decision. Very clear when you're putting yourself first and thinking of, yeah, I mean, part of the reason I don't like staying out late at night is because I know that I like to get eight hours of sleep every night. Yeah. So saying no to staying up and taking shots at night and it says yes to me feeling better the next morning. Yeah. I love it. Tell us about your podcast, Growing Empowered, and the message that you're getting out to your listeners. The Growing Empowered podcast, I mean, it's, I love to talk. So it's just, it's, it's my happy place. Um, But really it is all around, you know, there's so many of these conversations are not ones that women are empowered to have, you know, as we're growing up, as we're even modeling to friends, kids, communities, you know, whatever it is. And really what empowerment means to me is being able to stand in your full confidence and truth. And that means living a life that aligns with your values. That means even understanding what those values are. Um, and just really gaining confidence with yourself, right? Having your own back. What I really teach women is how to have their own back through all of the ups and downs and failures and successes that come with life. And so growing empowered is really about how we you know, can all edge more into that every single day and just become more of who we are and more, you know, have our own backs in a deeper way. Um, and so it's a combination of, you know, me just hanging out and like amazing guests who come on to talk about their, their various topics and it's just a run, really fun, you know, place for me to hang out. I completely relate. It's like something about podcasting and just talking to different people and hearing their different insights in life. Just, it's like, it's just like a warm hug, but it also puts a fire in me. Totally. Yes. Couldn't agree more. I love it. And tell us about a book that inspired you that you would recommend to a lot of your listeners and clients. This is like the hardest question for me to answer I'm like the most voracious reader particularly in like you know self-development business like all those kind of books yeah same Um, I always say that one of my superpowers in life is being able to see connections where other people don't and you know being able to make those connections for people so one of my favorite books that I've listened to I'm literally listening to it again on audio on audible and reading it at the same time in in print form I probably do that like two or three times a year is um, Atul Gawande's The Checklist Manifesto. It's all, it's focused really on how um, the implementation of checklists in surgery reduced mortality, morbidity rates. Um, Really, it's more about understanding how we need to break down hierarchies in certain places and be able to, you know, work together collaboratively so that we can have better outcomes no matter what we're doing. Um, and another book that, that I find really powerful is called Bittersweet by Susan Cain. And it's all focused on the, it's called How Sorrow and Love. And it's about not, um, you know, not being afraid of life, life's more, um, we call them negative emotions, but not really just the ones that don't feel as good because that's, you know, a normal part of the human experience. And it's really powerful, especially for a lot of my clients for whom like, you know, toxic positivity and like always like looking on the bright side is something they feel like they're supposed to do to be able to learn how to embrace um, some of those less pretty emotions is also, a, you know, a fantastic skill to have. Yeah. Feeling, my life coach always says, feeling what your feelings makes you unfuckable. Yeah, absolutely. You know, those and embrace those. And, you know, it's just, 
without the lows, there's no highs. And I also yep. love about checklist manifesto. I'm going to put that on my list because I am a huge fan of making checklists. Oh my gosh. It's like, I cannot, I recommend that book to everybody. I'm like, hi, my name is Ahuva. Have you read this book? You should definitely read it. And they're like, okay, great. <laughs> Literally everyone. It's like, I'm Ella. My favorite book is You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero. Have yeah. you read it? <laughs> yeah. It changed my life. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. Well, Hoopa, you have been so much fun to talk to. I feel like I am meeting a new best friend interviewing you. Can you tell the listeners where we can find you and how we can support you? Support you. Absolutely. Sport you. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, whatever works. Um, yes, I hang out mostly on Instagram. So my handle is at Ahuva Hirschkop. So it's A-H-U-V-A-H-E-R-S-H-K-O-P. Um, and I also run a free community for women on Facebook called Beyond Burnout with Ahuva Hirschkop, where, you know, there's like 2,600 other women who are all shifting into a life without burnout. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for what you provide. And I cannot wait to hear more from you in the future. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, my pleasure. You are listening to For Better Self and Net Worth. In this community, we think you'll find your self-worth comes before your net worth and everything else. We also think you were designed to go after the life you want by ditching societal norms, knowing exactly who you are as an individual and going after your unique purpose here on this earth. Every week, Ella interviews an entrepreneur that designed the life they wanted among the challenges, naysayers, and leaving outside their comfort zone. Or you're going to hear straight from Ella, where she talks about the important lessons she's learned in life and how she's achieved the overall happiness she has. This is Ella, the host for Better Self and Net Worth. Based out of Nashville, Tennessee, she makes every single day an adventure. You'll always find her right here behind the microphone, sharing all her thoughts with all of you. And we appreciate you listening and hope you enjoy this episode.